Emotional Cripples is an entertainment podcast which contains frank discussions about mental health. Listener caution is advised. Episode 5 of Emotional Cripples, a podcast about male mental health. I'm Andrew Lowe. I'm Tim Tucker, and this week we'll be talking to Ben Brasby about neuro-linguistic programming. Andy and I have had lots of discussions about this. Yeah, um, perhaps maybe explain what it is first, and then we can <laughs> we'll talk about what we think about it. It's about personal development. It draws on um, aspects of communication and psychotherapy created by Bandler and Grinder in, in the States. It's about how you use language to change the way you think. It's about how you use your body to change the way you behave uh, and the way you feel. Um, it sounds woolly, I know, but when you get into the practice of it, there are some... One, one definition that I particularly like was it's a bundle of techniques that lead to change. Yeah. Um, and I think it's some of those techniques that are cause the controversy. Right. Andy, you've seen some things online that you dissuade you from believing. I've seen some things online, Tim. Seriously, yeah, I can tell um, you. <laughs> my thing, my the, the sort of issue I have with it is a similar thing that I have with transcendental meditation. Right. Mm. Um, one of my absolute artistic heroes, David Lynch. Mm. Uh, he he practices transcendental meditation. He's extremely evangelical about it the problem i have with it is it seems that you have to go to a special person in order to learn it and that costs a lot of money now that starts to really sort of tweak my bullshit detector immediately right because i'm thinking why can't i in this this day and age why can't we just have a look at the internet find uh, a book some sort of easy instruction Mm. look up the principles and then begin to apply them and start to kind of, you know, learn. I, I always get that sense about whenever I think about oh, transcendental meditation, that sounds quite interesting. I'll give that a try. It's a nightmare to try and find some way to get started. Unless, yeah. you know, you go to a specific centre and pay £850 for a, a year right. or something. Yeah, yeah. You're going to tell me that's not the case with neuro-linguistic programming, aren't you? I am, because you can <laughs> buy books and, you you, can, you know, there's... There's an NLP for dummies, which is quite good. Mm. Um, <laughs> Are you suggesting that's what I need? <laughs> no, because actually, um, I do think you do have to experience it. You can't just read about it. Um, right, okay. If you if you were interested after this interview, I would definitely recommend dipping into the books. Mm. But your life won't change by dipping into books about NLP. Right. So you're ready, let Tim. Me just head- already, Tim. We're getting a little bit. I'm getting a bit of a culty feeling. <laughs> You're going. Yeah, everyone you're, you're, says your that. Life, your yeah, life won't change, man, unless you sort of like, unless you sort of live, spend lots live of it. cash. Yeah, and, and how do I live it? Well, if you give me a check for, we. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that, and I look. look I'm not going to say everyone. I got into trouble when I did it actually because I was having such a good experience with it. I put on Facebook, everyone should do this. Yeah, and the backlash I got was <laughs> terrible. I, I actually withdrew the statement and said, okay, not everyone should do this. Yeah. But it's really working for me. And they went, but, well, you know, stop you dithering. Get... Tell, us, tell us what you really think. You yeah. Know, okay, <laughs> it's not for everybody. We just said it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then you delete right. your Facebook account. Then I, then the I gave up, yeah. No, I mean, it was what, for me, it's the only thing that's worked to help me really move past some aspects of my depression and anxiety. So mm. all I can talk about is my own experience. I don't benefit, by the way, if anyone does mm-hmm. or doesn't do NLP. I don't get any um, 
like royalties or <laughs> or anything or any kickback. <laughs> so don't don't honestly don't think of this as some sort of um, sales pitch. But for me, it worked really well. I have to say though, the guy I talked to, Ben Grasby, mm. was the reason, and I um he was particularly good, and it made me think of what we talked about last week with therapists, you know, yeah. because a lot of the people who came on the course I went on went, oh, I've done NLP in London, and it was shit. Hmm. Um, and they said, this course is so much better. So I do actually think it matters. Well, the teacher, um, the teacher's important. You're working it? with. Yeah, just yeah. like the therapist. And exactly. I think whenever you, whenever I ask, you know, my youth football team, if we're in the car and I go, well, I was school, what's going on? Who are your favourite, te- what are your favourite subjects? And they always say basically who their favourite teachers are. You know, what, yeah. and they, they just happens to be their favourite. That happens to be their favourite subject. Okay, so let's yeah. uh, we'll let um, we'll let him define the terms, and then we'll argue about it afterwards. We we're thinking this week about about sex, and I had a conversation with somebody who said to me about masculinity. Yeah, what about the sex angle? What about guys who feel they ought to be masculine because they want to appeal to the opposite sex because women like masculine men? Yeah, and. Um, that's been preying on my mind ever since somebody said that to me, actually. Yeah. Like, is is that an issue for men? Because people can't see, um, they can't see what you look like, Tim, can they? Because it's a podcast. But obviously, no. you're quite, you remind me a little bit of Dwayne Johnson, the, you know, the rock. The rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that kind just, of just picture side him. of the spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, I think the problem with that is, what you just said is, you've got a huge assumption in there where you said, because women like masculine men. <laughs> There's just so much in that. I know. It's a kind of, I don't know where to start really. That's not true, is it? Well, That's not always true, right? And Or not even mostly true, perhaps. Well, I think it's all, it all goes back to that conditioning of um, what is masculine? What is a man? You know, what does mm. a man look like, sound like, act like? All of these things that have been conditioned over the last, you know, yeah. 50, 100, whatever years. And the idea of... I don't know, yeah. sort of, you could start in all kinds of places and the idea of shell shock and PTSD mm. and World War One, and um, the, people just didn't think that was a thing. They didn't believe in the idea that you could yeah, go through that kind of horrendous experience, yeah. come no. home and go, right, Everyone anyway, back to the up. factory, yeah. you know, and just be perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> and because you're a man, you know, you're a man mm. and it's fine. You should be able to sort of shoot people in the face and then just forget about it and move on. But yeah. I think the masculinity yeah. thing is really interesting because women, what women find attractive, what we're really talking about is strength, this idea of strength, aren't we? It's like strength and weakness and what's weak and what's strong. Yes. Yes. And um, I think we've been conditioned to think that strong is goes in line with being physically strong, which goes which connects with being dominant, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Which connects with being powerful, dominant. You don't mess with him. Yeah, that kind of idea. There's a chain of reasoning there, isn't there? Where you follow one from the other to to equal a man. Yeah. (laughs) There's a yeah. There's a reason sort of nightclub bouncers don't look like jockeys. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. If they go, (laughs) the jockeys there's a little there's a little fella um, saying, "Sorry, mate, you can't come in." (laughs) It's not. It's not intimidating, is it? <laughs> but or it's, nothing wrong with being. <laughs> I love the fact that in the in the new romantic days, Steve Strange used to stand on the door. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. dressed in whatever he was dressed in, makeup and dresses. I love the fact that he'd yeah. be there going, "No, you can't come in, mate." <laughs> um, yeah, the threat is a physical strength, and that feeds into the idea of what a man is. Mm. And so, um, 
there's an implication, isn't there, with what what women or what we might find sexually attractive? Yeah, and that there's a sort of an optimum f- version of a man. Yeah, there's some sort of you know um, Hugh Jackman, say some sort of prototype man. Yeah, and um, that is the problem, isn't it? That's yeah. ultimately what we're talking about. We're talking about the idea of how far away from the prototype man are you? So, um, and so you better get yourself together and get a bit closer. You better get your six pack in right. here. Yeah. But we know, we know from our own, I mean, we, I mean, we're both heterosexual. I think I can speak for you, Andrew. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, we know that, you know, women who are attractive are not all how you might say feminine. You might find, you know, certain different types of women attractive. So we know that men, women must find different types of men attractive. So why is this cultural idea of a man as a strong, beefy, you know, that kind of thing come around? As, yeah. How has that happened? It's so reductive and it's patronising towards women. If we're mm. talking on a heterosexual level, just for, you know, simplicity, yeah. it's it's patronising yeah. towards towards women. Say women only find a specific type of man attractive. I know all the other types of men are sort of, yeah. you know, consolation prizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they can't get the masculine man mm. who looks like The Rock or Hugh Jackman or whatever then the lesser type will do, will have to do. Yeah. And that's sort of part of the problem, isn't it? Because mm. um, I thought about this, and Idris Elba was just uh, been named the sexiest man alive by People magazine. And there was a piece I read, can you guess where it was, about complaining about this? Um, Guardian? Is <laughs> it The Guardian? It was in The Guardian. And they said, <laughs> um, I totally agree with them. They were saying, can we have a less masculine, a less sort of, you know, old school masculine sexy man next year please um yeah and i think that's changing that is definitely mm. changing in the sense that you know he's he's just a physically big bloke idris elba and yeah you know good looking bloke but he's mm. technically but he is physically big isn't he yeah it's the point it was when we get to the point where you have someone who isn't quite so physically imposing winning that award that yeah things get interesting so i'm sat here with ben graspy ben we spend a lot of time together um doing NLP uh, and you have trained coach taught me in that um but always at every level somebody's always asked me um what NLP is my take for NLP I've been a master trainer of NLP now for uh, many years I've been working in NLP for 17 years and wherever there's a difference between where someone is and where they want to be mm. and they they're happy to take responsibility for that yeah okay which is the ability to respond to where they are in terms of where they are and where they want to be i can help them i yeah. will never tell them what to do so in health it's a belief that the mind and the body can organize towards a state of wellness mm. that in fact we are radically radically uh, created engineered devised depending on your belief system to feel good and it's yeah. actually removing all of these clever things that we've learned to do in our mind and our body to stop us from being good that we need to remove. So we don't look right. at the past. We don't look at problems. We just see where are we, where do we want to be. Mm. And the wonderful thing about using NLP to look at health is we don't see health as something separate. We don't see health as something that happens to us that right. we have to be the recipient of, that we have to deal with. Um, we see health as a state, very much like the World Health Organization. It's a state of well-being and not just merely the absence of disease. So that word yeah. state is the essence of NLP. How are we creating our present state? And when we look towards how we want our state of health to be, rather than trying to eliminate what we don't want, 
then we participate in creating wellness. Having spent that time with you, that was what I got from it. It's interesting, we were talking beforehand about how there are different interpretations of NLP. Am I right? At least uh, when I talk about it with people who don't know it, their immediate perception is of a sort of Bluetooth headset wearing suited man telling you how to sell to people. So the first generation of NLP was, because it was commercially successful, in my opinion, was the cognitive. So changing the pictures and sounds in our head. And if we weren't prepared to do that, which takes the work, just going out there and changing the pictures and sounds in other people's head. And that's why I believe it became very... Uh, commercially successful for people to go around and sell things, which is creating a picture in someone's head of some bit of them owning something they don't okay. currently own. Yeah. Yeah. And so it quite notoriously, there's quite a lot of uh, people that used it to pick up women and to some extent pick up men yeah. in the construction community to create pictures inside other people's heads of them doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do unless we use right. manipulation. So that's certainly not the way that um, I tend to use NLP. Where I train from and where I coach from and where I consult from is the mind, the body, and relationship. Relationship to others, relationship to concept, but not the lies we tell ourselves. Mm. It's easy for us to be very healthy and tell ourselves that we're not healthy enough. It's easy for us to be very wealthy and tell ourselves that we're not successful enough. Mm. And if where we are in terms of health isn't uh where we'd like it to be the only way out is through it's not to lie to ourselves in our head i mean i'm sure tim you've got the statistics about yeah yeah men between 18 and 35 the amount of uh clients that i've had where they've said you know what he was fine my friend he just went up the stairs and never came back right yeah because because men can talk a good story Mm. what's below the danger line is a body that's full of trauma and often grief and sacrifice and often honor and often frustration and an inability to know how to change. Yeah, I mean, I can bear testament as having the experience of work with you specifically of going through because, you know, as somebody who suffered from depression and anxiety, and I tried some of the other ways of dealing with that, including talking to people for a long time about it, <laughs> and uh, yeah. including CBT and things. And um, as you say, one you can sense the mind coming up to the frontier of the problem, as you might describe the problem or the challenge or whatever you want to change, and then backing off from it again and again. Well, that's, yeah, mm. that's obviously often the linguistic and neurological boundaries of what our head thinks is possible. Now, mm. CBT is a is a is a big step forward mm. in terms of people taking responsibility for how they're thinking and how they're behaving. Mm. Uh, um, and I have practiced professionally with CBT, but now I work exclusively with somatic, so body and field neurolinguistic programming. One, one of yeah. the definitions that um, I, I use uh, to people who haven't done NLP is that it's a bundle of techniques, that, that definition. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find really useful applying to when you do have issues with anything, actually, but certainly with mental health. It's something you yeah. can then put into practice, isn't it? It's a very practical approach. Oh, absolutely. It's mm. not a theoretical approach. Yeah. It's not looking theoretically how great to do You know, the secret to success is to get started. Yeah. Um, know what it is that you want and take massive action. Mm. Because, it, you know, to remain anxious and depressed uh, constantly takes a massive amount of effort yeah. and it's exhausting yeah. even though it's not often a state that we want to be in mm. so we need tools 
We need things that will allow us to make change. Yeah. And it's not about why we need to change or what to change, it's how to do it. Unfortunately, we live in a world which I believe is somewhat cursed by this idea of neurotypical and that we all understand what we yeah. mean, which is not the case. Mm. And so a lot of people, when they've been tending and befriending, fighting and flighting, freezing or flopping, they finally get to a GP or a mental health uh, person and they say, do you know what? The world isn't matching the way that you feel it should be. And whether you're neurotypical or whether you have, uh, you know, mm. you're on some kind of spectrum devised by someone, at that point, it's time to stop trying to make the world be like you. Yeah, yeah. And to take responsibility mm. for your own experience of life and its impact on others. Are there distinctive things that NLP does specifically for men, or is that not a useful category? What I tend to find is that often men have different frames for the same things. Right. Now, this is the world we live in. Uh, mm. You know, if, whenever I'm flying long haul, which is quite often, I find that uh, as I'm looking through all of the very expensive face creams, women have anti-aging creams, men have anti-fatigue creams. It's the same stuff. Right. You know, yeah. within, the, within the commercial world, if you want to make more money, shrink it and pink it. Take the same thing and, to, and reframe it as a female product. Right. Uh, what I tend to find is that men will have different words to describe the same neuro-linguistic condition. Okay. And at the same time, they believe that there's a different approach. Mm. To, there's a more masculine. Right. Which can be in females, people born female as well, a more masculine approach, healthily mm. and unhealthily, to changing that. Yeah. Um, and there can be a very healthy aspect of masculinity to making change and a very unhealthy way of making change. Sure. So just as taking responsibility and having more a testosterone kind of drive to move forward can be very healthy, it can also create rigidity. Right. Mm. You know, the same that a more loving approach can also lead to being very needy. Yeah. So it's, it's really looking to me at how men or, and women, how masculine and feminine would define the exactly same neurological oh, right. yeah. set mm. of ways of doing things. Mm. So this is a problem. So it's a surface level representation yeah. of similar things, you think? Yeah, yeah. I believe that yeah. it's just have a different word. I mean, and that's very useful because if somebody comes to me and says, I'm stressed, that's their language for something that could be the same as someone who comes and says, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, there was a, you know, I've had people come and describe the same situation, one as depressed and the other as tired. Right. So hmm. As soon as we get away from the linguistic that describes something and start looking at, well, what would you like instead? Yeah. Then hmm. I find that, and this is my experience, it's a very limited experience, it becomes toxic when a man or someone who has a masculinity in them believes they have to do it on their own in a way that's disconnected from themselves, and they have to go into a control and an override. Maybe just having different neuropeptides and a tendency for different uh, body chemicals, different mood juice, 
that we may have had a bias for how we think we need to deal with things. Just because that may have been the case hundreds or even thousands of years ago when we had different roles, we had a different terrain, we had a different environment, a different Mm. set of expectations in terms of what our behavior would be. It doesn't mean it's necessarily the best way for us to approach change today because it's a very lonely place and it's a tragic place Mm. if we believe we have to make change in isolation. Yeah, because we're able to share with someone actually where we are and where we want to be are not the same things. Mm. Going into the past and trying to work out why we're in this situation that we don't want to be in, Mm. but to be able to call upon people that will actually, you know, have our backs, but are not going to blow smoke up our ass and say, "Oh, you're all right," or it's not as bad as. X, Y, Z, or let me tell you about what's wrong with me, or, you know, it'll get better, right. all of the things drive us back to, well, you know, fuck that, I'll do it on my own, if I'm just going to go in front of an advisory committee that couldn't possibly understand what's going on yeah. for me. Yeah. How can people get involved with NLP to find uh, a way for Yeah. Don't buy a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's written is really not how NLP works. Mm-hmm. So I would really suggest taking a practitioner training, which Mm -hmm. is, for me, 10 days with me to learn the entire model of NLP. And if you're seriously interested, as I know that you were and that you continue to be, Tim, Mm -hmm. mastering that. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer something that you do. It's something that becomes who you are. Because we're not human doings. We're not human havings. We're human beings. And it's time to come alive again because time is short and it is later than we think. Yeah, so that's great. I run these trainings, and I hope that you'll splash my details all around here. I oh. run a company called BristolNLP.co.uk, yeah. which is the uh, strangest label for a company because I work everywhere from England to uh, to LA, um, mm. through to obviously Europe. Uh, BristolNLP.co.uk, and uh, you know, drop me an email, give me a call. There's a lot of things coming up again, aren't there, in the stuff that we've talked about before in the other episodes particularly when he says, you know, neurotypical is a problem, that is normal is a problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's sort of the kind of shadow looming over everything, isn't it? This idea it is, of, yeah. oh, fuck, I'm not normal, I'm broken, mm. you know, dot, dot, dot. That's the sort of big yeah. problem. So Definitely, yeah. Um, neurotypical is a phrase I've never heard before these interviews, and uh, yeah. I'm liking it. I, I, I think it's, um, <laughs> it's a good alternative to normal. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I was bored of normal. It's a boring word. <laughs> it's hard to define as well. Normal, isn't it? If you but neurotypical makes more sense in this in the way that it's sort of saying, um, you know, you're not perhaps undiagnosed, or you're you're in some place where you don't have any conditions or any recognised conditions or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a good sort of base point, but he obviously has quite a lot of sort of not catchphrases but a few sort of buzz phrasey type things that I got the yeah, feeling yeah. I got the feeling he was uh, I'm not slagging him off but I, I got the feeling he was sort of reaching for them even though you know they do make sense then he seemed to be mm. saying that CBT is all about um, recognising your triggers or whatever your your situations and avoiding them or perhaps learning how, be- how better to cope with it so it's kind of all about yeah. the, it's all about the present and he seemed to be saying, you know, crudely, that NLP is, is more about the future, really. It's about mm. what kind of future, future you want. Yeah, yeah, you want to sort of move into kind of thing based based on where you are now. I think you're right. There's there's that 
that total focus on what do you want next, what do you want next, um, yeah. rather than, as he put it in that metaphor, opening a wound and, and sort of yeah. re-looking re at the wound. Um, it's more like, what do you want it instead? Yeah. Um, that was, and, and like you say, those kind of buzz phrases, funnily enough, I mean, I've done, because I got um, tutored by Ben in various uh, ways, and those are the things that actually stick. Yeah. Was it a human doing, not a human yeah. being? Well, that's that's exactly from um, The Simpsons, isn't it? Simpsons, yeah. That's totally, that is, About, that is literally from The Simpsons. I can't remember the episode, but it is a guy who's like a bullshit yeah. sort of self-help self, guy. Yeah. There's no trick to it. It's just a simple trick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suspect, because NLP has been going since the 70s, and I suspect that Simpsons was, was parodying that kind of West Coast, because it was West Coast kind of yeah. thing, you know, uh, was doing that. So, But, I mean, I think there is something in that, but it is, it's, yeah. you know, it can make you cringe, can't it? Or it can but make he, you... A, but, but actually, a lot of those things stick with me, funnily enough. Those... Those uh, like uh, well, another one was it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Yeah, which I was is a talk great to you about phrase. Yeah, because you said because when he said that, you said yeah, I love that one. As if like mm. you know you're you're both it's your it's your personal credo. <laughs> so, but I don't really understand it. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, the the idea is that you can you can basically every one of the tenets of NLP is that it's all in your head, right? So. So anything that you're responding to is not actually external. It's all your processing of it. Yeah. So when you think about something that from your childhood that you, you um, for some reason, you've attached something bad to, like, right. you know, oh, when I was a child, I was beaten or shouted at or belittled, then you're not actually responding anymore to the, ex the experience of that. You're responding to how you process that. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in other words, you're, you're responding to your memory of it. But you can change that in your brain. You can't change the original experience, but you can change the way you deal with it. So you could address that memory as, um, you know, re reassess it and think differently about it and mm -hmm. have a different frame for how you make that memory. So that is encapsulated in the idea that it's never too late to have a happy, happy childhood. Is why don't you reframe it and relook at what was good in your childhood or what was right. okay. positive about that experience? Okay. Um, so sort of re because redefining. We, yeah, reinventing your childhood in your own mind, kind of thing. Well, that's very stoic, isn't it? As, as we said about stoicism, yeah. that that's that's totally taken from stoicism, because yeah, stoicism absolutely. says classically says there's no bad or good, you know, event. Yeah, it's all about how you choose to to interpret it in your own mind, how you choose to act on it, and yeah. Um, in a way, I thought stoicism was closer to CBT, but I can almost see how it's more clo it's closer to NLP. Oh, it's very much so. When you when we've discussed stoicism, it's it's very much the same attitude, isn't it? It's the same yeah. attitude to change, I think. And yeah. like you, all the things we talk about. Instead of another one that you know, all these catchphrases is there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Is the idea that you don't process some. Let's say somebody criticizes you. You don't process, you can choose to process that as a failure, as you doing wrong, or you can choose to think about it as feedback on how you could do it better next time or differently well, next time. Do you see what I mean? But I do this all the time with, with, with football, with kids' football coaching, because yeah. one of the things that um, I had to write out a philosophy, like a coaching philosophy document, and one of the things that I say sounds a bit like one of uh, the NLP type catchphrases, but that is mistakes are the stepping stones to success. Yeah. So it's kind of way of thinking 
if the goalkeeper, if my goalkeeper makes an error, which he did in the game last week, um, mm. it's pointless pointing out that mistake or going, what are you doing? You know, um, yeah. focusing on on the error. It's basically, I would yeah. always say, um, you know, uh, what happened there and what, what will you do next mm. time? And he'll go, oh, I did this, yeah. I should have I done that. Rather than going, oh, I've made a mistake, I'm shit, I'm useless, you know, I can't do this. Right. So it's it's yeah. ruthlessly focusing on what uh, the sort of learning to take. It's terrible to say, oh, what learnings, what takeaways can you get? But, um, no, it's, but basi- it is, it's-, it's basically like instead of going, that that thing that happened to me was just horrible and a disaster and shows how shit I am. You say, right, mm-hmm. that thing that happened to me, um, that's now in the locker kind of thing for my learning. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. getting closer here. We're getting dangerously close, aren't we? To whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. The principle is that you um, mentally stronger. Going yeah. back to the uh, trying to not to go too deep into the Nietzsche Superman concepts. Nazi Superman are our superiors. <laughs> <laughs> but the principle is that um, you you take you take a setback or you take a mistake or something unpleasant or difficult. That mm. is, it didn't it didn't kill you. You, or you can, you know, you can you can absorb it as a disaster, as a mistake, as a negative, or you yeah. can say, right, I'm going to use that to make me stronger, to make me more, um, yeah, you know, yeah. a better sort of person in the future, rather than this person at the moment, whom that to whom that is happening. All that talk is is the theory of or behind it, but actually, what you spend most of your time doing when you're engaging in NLP practice is having yeah. a bundle of techniques to deal with these things. So a yeah. bit like CVT has the form where you recognize the trigger and you actually, you know. But, yeah. but um, in NLP, it's much more about, you know, how am I going to get from here to here? And there's various techniques they show you and teach you to do that. Yeah. Um, but the biggest philosophy of it that I think you rightly identify as stoic is the idea that you have a choice how you're going to respond to something. And that's yeah. something you have to keep reminding yourself. You know, when like that stronger thing, when something happens to you, when something's said to you, mm. you can decide mm. how you're going to process that. I think that's particularly important where he says, <clears throat> he says, stop, he said, stop trying to make the world be like you. It can sometimes feel like you get instantly into a a frame of mind that is like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that or this is, this is happening to me. Mm. And so it's a good corrective and, I, and like you say, it can be a stoic approach or a CBT mm. approach, but it's certainly part of the NLP approach to go, okay, it's up to me how I deal with this. And it's, you know, the, the world will be what it will be, but I can, yeah. I can, the only thing I can control is how I respond to it. Yeah. But the thing is, and and the, thing, the thing I can hear, I can hear people probably, you know, responding is saying, that's all very well, right? But clinical depression is a chemical imbalance, isn't it? There is a chemical imbalance yeah. that's a part of clinical depression that's a sort of element to it and we can talk yeah, yeah. about as we did with Dean Burnett we can talk about you know the mm. correct treatment for that is there a mixture of talking therapy and medication and to find the right balance for the for different individuals or different things work different people but this this idea that if you're clinically depressed then mm. you can just think about something differently and you'll be fine that does sound yeah. to me quite a little bit trite in one sense yeah you know and it's i think there's more to it than that. And it's really close yeah. it's it's worryingly close to cheer up 
isn't it? But that's and and that's why there's a set of techniques to work on with NLP. So exactly, yeah, yeah. it isn't just that <laughs> advice. You don't just take it like you say, cheer up. It's it's more about okay, how can you do that? Um, yeah. And a lot of the time I spent with Ben in my um, groups with him was about okay, let's try this technique for doing that. Let's try this. Technique. Right, so there's okay. a lot of practical, practical things yeah. to do that. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, it can it can fall into just a soundbite if we don't apply practical techniques. Yeah, and um, I'm, I know I'm, I'm pushing back because I want because that's the whole the whole point of this podcast really is to sort of you know get these things out, stare them down, try and work it out. Yeah, and. You know, it's funny because you, you're saying that, and I, I, I did have a concern that you might, um, not just you, but other people I talk to often have negative connotations with NLP, and it can sound, I don't know what, how you put it, but, you know, bullshitty, it can sound um, West Coast, too West Coast. Well, you put that to him, Scientific you? enough. And, you put that to him, and he said quite quite articulately, he said, you know, there's, there was an initial phase of NLP which was sort of like that, which was very much how to manipulate other people, wasn't it? When I think of NLP, I think my thinking is perhaps stuck a little bit in that phase where I think of, you know, the kind of the game and all that kind of how to pick up women and how to manipulate other people and how to sort of, you know, how to use mirroring to kind of get what you want, all that kind of stuff. Where, you know, that's the kind of thing that sticks in my mind. I just say, well, that's bullshit. You know, people are too more complex than that. That's just creepy and manipulative. Mm. And yeah, so, yeah. And what he and he's sort of saying, um, well, you know, no, it's more. And we're now in the phase where it's about, you know, how you're, how you yourself, how you kind of internally sort of articulate your your feelings and your behaviour, and how you sort of respond yeah. and try and change things. So, you mm. know, I, I think I'm sort of, I'm I'm quite surprised by the fact that it's so close to stoicism. I thought it was kind of a bit. Well, a lot of things are, aren't they? Yeah. I think. You know, if there's a Venn diagram in here, maybe we yeah. should draw one up. Yeah. I think stoicism would be in the middle. Yeah. And a lot of these things like CBT and NLP would, <clears throat> would definitely overlap, wouldn't they? Okay, so please send us some feedback, send us a review, um, go to wherever you get your podcasts. Where can they send that to? Um, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> iTunes. Oh, yeah, that's um, it, yeah. Uh, Stitcher. I think Stitcher. you can leave these on Spotify. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Although I've disabled the comments, so forget that. We're mainly uh, interested in iTunes, to be honest. <laughs> if you can leave us reviews there, yeah. that's where you know the algorithms really help. And then uh, I think Stitch is quite good as well for that. But yeah, just leave us something, that'd be great. And feedback's always welcome. On Twitter, which is at emcripples. Yes, yeah, so on email at contact at emotionalcripples.com. So what we want to know is what you think, what you've, uh, what kind of thoughts we've provoked. Keep it relevant to... to Mental health, male mental health. When we say we want to know what you think, just generally try and yeah. try and keep it on topic. Yeah. Not about not about fucking Brexit or <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> no Edmonds. Or my face or something. Yeah, I don't like yeah. your face. Just yeah. just something. <laughs> don't like your face. Yeah. <laughs> just go. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep just just send us your thoughts. Really. Um, next week we're gonna. Um, the final episode of the series, or we're going to do a Christmas special if we, if we can be bothered. We will. Um, there's going to be teenage male mental health. We're going to be talking to um, my son, who was 17 at the time we recorded the interview. We couldn't record this interview um, now when he's 18 because of his hectic social life. <laughs> <laughs> so that we, we you basically with the problem with like teenagers, you just have to pin them down to um, 
you know you have to get very lucky to get to get that kind of half hour window when they're not watching youtube videos <laughs> so <laughs> or snap gramming so, uh, or whatever they do yeah so he'll be on that's tommy Lowe. he's my son he'll be talking about how how things are for for teenage men is that the right teenage men does that work teenage yeah yeah <laughs> You can be a teenage man as long as you're 18 and 19. Yeah, so teenage yeah. moment of health. It's a really good interview in that um, one that you know each other, so you can be quite frank, because one of the first things he says is, I don't want to say back in your day, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you sort of pace off with that a bit. Um, <laughs> so, but it is a really interesting insight into the way teenagers, the world has changed for teenagers and what that means for the way that they think and behave around their mental health. Yeah. I found it really fascinating. Yeah. See you next week. Emotional Cripples was devised and performed by Andrew Lowe and Tim Tucker. Designed by Stuart Bache. All music by The Weathermonger. If you have been affected by the issues in this podcast, uh, you can call the Samaritans in the UK on 116123. Or if you're outside the UK and Ireland, check out befrienders.org. You'll find a link in the show notes.